0: Welcome to the Consciously Southern Podcast, your destination for everything home and garden with a focus on sustainability. And now, here's your host, Christopher Perrin.
1: Hello and welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Consciously Southern Podcast. My name is Christopher Perrin, and joining me today is company founder, Lexus Blackman, and Instagram manager, Cameron Hartley. How are you ladies today?
2: Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. So today we are talking about a topic that is very interesting, it is container gardening. And I have to admit that uh, whenever I first heard this topic for today, I had to do some Googling because I wasn't quite sure on the terminology. So for any of our listeners who might be in the same bucket as I am, Lexis, can you explain what is container gardening?
2: So container gardening is basically if you put a plant in a small container, it's container gardening in the most simplified terms. But um, there is a difference between container gardening and gardening in raised beds. So those are two different things. What changes them is the type of soil that's being used. So in small containers, usually you're using a potting mix, which can be soilless or it can have soil. But in raised beds, you are essentially using soil compost, Topsoil, like the things you would usually use for in-ground beds, it's just it's higher up.
1: So, why is that? Is it something to do with the nutrients in the ground, or
2: it is? So, it's a mix of how the so, like if I was to plant lavender in a pot, I should have a little bit of sand. I should have a soilless potting mix, and it needs to be really well draining because lavender does not like to be wet at all it likes its feet a little bit dry that's why it grows in france specifically in the southern air part which they have beautiful lavender fields um but in a raised bed you have more space so you don't need the water to drain as quickly So how fast your water drains depends on your plant and what you're doing in a container is essentially saying, I have this one plant and I'm going to fill all of its needs. Whereas in a raised bed, you're like, okay, I have like 20 tomato plants. Let's figure this out. So in a raised bed, you can also be like on a slope on a hill and one side will drain faster than the other because of the slope. So those are all things you have to really factor for in raised beds but in containers you're you're more in control of what's happening with your garden
1: well that actually answers a uh, a puzzle I've been having with my lavender plants cuz <laughs> I keep getting them and they keep dying cuz I'm like they look like they need water. So I just keep giving them Uh more water. So (laughs) thank you.
2: (laughs) You're welcome. I had so much trouble with my lavender plant. It got moved around like five or six times. And we finally found this one spot on the front porch where the sun is perfect. And if you move it like two inches to the right, it starts to die. If you move it (laughs) two inches to the left, it starts to die. It's like, it's got to stay right there. And my friend, Is actually having the same problem because she has two lavender plants. She mixed the soil herself. She fixed up the plants the exact same, made sure they were in a well draining area. And she's like, all right, the one on the right is massive. The one on the left is dying. Like, what is this?
1: So I've recently switched to a very nice lavender reed diffuser (laughs) to solve my problem. (laughs) That works too. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) So now that our listeners know a little bit more about what container gardening is, uh, let's go into some of our, what are the benefits of container gardening? Um, Lexis, I believe you're going to be the best person (laughs) to answer this question as well. (laughs) What are some of the benefits of container gardening versus uh, raised bed gardening or just popping something out in the yard?
2: So container gardening can be done anywhere. It can be done in an apartment windowsill. It can be done on a homestead as far as just having a few plants on your porch. And the benefit is you can choose what you wanna plant, but it's great for things that are invasive like mint and lavender, which will take over your yard, depending on what lavender variety, but anything part of the mint family needs to be in a container and do not let it out of that container. Cause once you do, your your yard is gone. The mint's gonna take over and ask me how I know.
1: How do you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I see, how do you know?
2: <laughs> I made the mistake of, uh, I thought I made a little bed and it was in clay soil, so it wasn't going to grow very fast and it would be fine. We yeah. have a lot of mint in the backyard that's oh, not usable. I love mint. <laughs> it's fine
1: though. <laughs> two? Hey. It looks like we have a new jo- uh, person joining our podcast. This would be webmaster Taylor Stanley. Good, how good. Hello doing, everyone. Taylor?
0: How
1: are y'all? We're doing great. Uh, we are just talking about uh, container gardening and Lex was just giving us some of the benefits about why well, you I'd should you do container gardens. So Lex, you were talking about uh, mint and how mint can take over your yard.
2: Yes. I leave them in pots and then I get to harvest them when I want, but Let's say I was to move, I can take my plants with me and they get to come and be happy in my new place. But things like strawberries, which depending on what variety you have for the first year, they won't actually produce unless you plant them really, really early. I can I have two strawberry plants that I get to bring inside during winter and overwinter them because I don't have the outside kit that I need to overwinter them. But strawberry plants are good for at least three years and the second year they'll produce, and the third year they'll produce, and then their production falls off a little bit. That doesn't mean they're bad. It just you're going to get less. So I get to bring those plants in, and then next summer or spring, I get to put them back outside, and they'll start to produce strawberries for me because strawberries don't actually need a large area to grow. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either until this year. (laughs) Well,
1: maybe I'll have to try to uh, grow some strawberries because everybody always does tomatoes, I feel, would be like the stereotypical container gardening item or like herbs or something. So strawberries would be nice to try.
2: Oh, they're wonderful for containers. Like, that's why you can find these really cool pots at, like, big box stores that have holes in the side of them. And you're like, well, what do I use that for? It's actually a strawberry container plant. Mm. But you can use, like,
1: oh.
2: old... uh wood flats like the pallets you can take pallets apart and cut them and like stack them and you can turn that into a strawberry planter there's a whole bunch of videos on youtube about it i'm not the best person to ask for about that <laughs> have it done yet, <laughs> but it's really cool because they don't need much space
1: well speaking of uh trying out new plants i've heard that cameron oh, no. you've tried out <laughs> potting your own new yeah. plant recently so how about, could you tell
3: us about what you yeah, plant you planted uh, and how's it going? I was recently at Home Depot and I am always tempted by the plant section and seeing Alexis's, um, her journeys, it just inspired me. Maybe I should give it another try. So I, I got myself a cute little aloe plant and right now it's fine, but that's only because I picked the most healthy one there was there, so... Again, ask me in two weeks, and I can almost guarantee it is dying. So, we'll see. So, so why did um, you choose aloe? No, I think because I can actually use the plant if I actually grow it successfully. I can use it for whatever I need. And my mom's had an aloe plant before, and it was it was really pretty. So, I don't know.
1: It just looked cute. I've always heard people grow aloe mm-hmm, just so yeah. they can have it on hand. So, that's probably a good probably a good one to start I hope. with.
2: Great for all kinds of burns.
3: (laughs) I was thinking more like putting it in a drink, but.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, I forget Uh uh,
3: that you can make drinks with aloe. Because there's this one drink I get from Sweet Hut, a honey lemon aloe, and it's so good. And I'm hoping if I get this Mm -hmm. thing big enough, I can make that at home.
1: I used to always get, um, I forgot what they were called, but they're like these aloe uh... waters. How about you, Lexus? What's the last plant that you uh, tried to garden in a container?
2: uh actually miniature roses and I killed one of them oh <laughs> it's okay i i put a the wrong potting mix in it essentially which goes back to then make sure that you look at what you're buying so i put a moisture rich potting soil mix in roses which do not like to stay damp <laughs> They like to be moist, like a wet wrung out sponge, but I put them out in the rain and then brought them in and they were super wet and they stayed super wet. So the little one died. (laughs) The bigger one is now sitting outside and it's happy because it's not anywhere near me. It was supposed to be like my little desk plant that I could just look over and be like, I have miniature roses based on a book. I'm so happy. And then now it's sitting outside on the porch away from me. So I can't kill it. <laughs> but it's doing extremely well now.
1: So Taylor, uh, what's the last thing that you tried to guard? So we're change?
0: gonna keep this PG. Oh. I have <laughs> <laughs> I don't do too much gardening myself. I'm more like the great helper. So I'll buy the soil. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I water it, talk to the plants, make sure it's getting enough sunlight, rearrange them, do whatever I need to do <laughs> to assist the people who have the green thumb and know exactly what they're doing. But currently, between the two gardens that I help with, my fiancé has one, and my grandmother has one. My grandmother's, hers is going very well. She has collards, tomatoes, I believe apples. Um, what else does she have? She has a few other um, peppers. She has a few other plants that she actually uses and that she picks from and cooks with.
2: Are they bell peppers? Or are they hot peppers? Uh, are they sweet peppers?
0: Uh, hot.
2: Hot peppers. Because
0: okay. she, she makes her own hot sauce. So she puts like vinegar Ooh. and then she puts the peppers in there and she grinds it and it's like, it's terrifying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've got a family friend who grows peppers and we have learned you do not eat them. Ever. <laughs> Like, no chance, not doing it. No, because he sent some banana peppers. Did you know banana peppers can be extremely hot?
0: I did not know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't either until I bit into <laughs> one. <laughs> I haven't eaten a banana pepper in a few months now.
0: <laughs> Sounds like it scarred you.
2: I'm extreme. <laughs> it did. I'm extremely suspicious
3: now. <laughs>
1: Lexis, why don't you share with our audience a few of your uh, creative best practices for container gardening in case they wanted to jump out there and start today?
2: Um, If you're going to go to a store, go to your local nursery. Make sure that it's a local store because they'll likely have local growers and they won't buy from, like, the mass commercial growers. Not that there's anything wrong with that, obviously, but it's more likely to be fit for your region So for example, there are a few different types of lavender varieties. And if I go to a big box store, I may get something that would grow better up north. Whereas if I go to a local store, I'll get something that is specifically for a region. So if you look on um, Farmer's Almanac or uh, Georgia extensions, wherever, Um, You'll find your growing zone, and that's kind of important when you go to shop for plants because it tells you what temperature range that you get and how long your growing season is. And that does matter even for containers, even if they're inside, because it's like my roses. I know that even though there's no um, flowers on them, they're done for the year, even though they're in a container and I can bring them inside unless I want to go that extra length of adding heat lamps and a hot hot mat and everything else. If I want to keep the process as natural as possible, I need to follow the growing period. So when you go look for plants, make sure that there's no leaf curl unless the plant, because there are plants that specifically have a little bit of leaf curl intentionally, that's how they are. But you look for dead leaves, dried up, check the soil, see how frequently they're being watered, ask questions, because nobody's going to get mad at you for asking questions. And if they are, walk away. But make sure, like, that's good advice. for (laughs) It really is. (laughs) (laughs) But like, especially for gardening, because you need to know how frequently was it watered. You need to know how frequently you're going to need to water it. If it has a specific growing condition that needs to be met, like succulents usually like a whole bunch of sunlight and some of us didn't know that and killed several of them before they figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> so check your plant, make sure it's a healthy plant. If you see something that is budding versus something that's already in bloom, grab the one that's budding because that's towards the beginning of its life cycle. and. When you get it home, leave it to rest a couple of days. So don't immediately just throw it in oh a new pot. Which, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Cameron. Okay. It's fine. I, I did, wish we had It's fine. It I did it a couple days ago. It with, <laughs> it's fine. I promise. I did it with I came home with my white roses and I immediately repotted it and that one turned out okay. fine. The other one got killed because of the type of soil I used. I know that, but mm-hmm. I left that one alone for a couple days and it was a little bit more happy when I went to repot it. And then it was not happy after I repotted I'll,
3: it. I'll remember that one. I have to try again.
2: And, yes, <laughs> and your plant is going to go into transplant shock no matter what you mm-hmm. do. That's why you leave it to rest for a few days to get used to its new environment. And once it starts to get all perky again, start waving its leaves. Then you put it into a new pot, and then it's going to be like, hey, that's mean, and go all sad, and then it's not dead. It's not dead. Give it a week. It'll perk back up. It's the same thing as when, like, I take my little seedlings out and go and pot them in the big garden, and they get all sad for a few Mm -hmm. days and droopy, and then they perk up, and they're like, hey, I got new space. It's the same thing. And if you're going to have a plant that is – like, let's say a lemon tree, you're going to have a seedling in a smaller pot, and you're going to go slowly to a bigger pot, and you're going to keep repotting it in sizes. instead of being like, oh, I'm just going to put this seedling in a 50 gallon thing of soil. Like, it's not going to grow. It's not going to like that. When you're doing container plants, they really like to have that slow upgrade.
1: Okay. I never would have thought of that, actually. I usually yeah. just put one in a pot and let it sit there. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought to like slowly progress the upgrade with the growing. That's I really cool. didn't
2: know either until I killed a tomato plant.
3: <laughs> it's
2: it's tomato okay. Plant. I had like three in ground, and this one was just a let's try it and see what happens and put it in. By the way, anything can be in container. If you're creative enough, just use a screwdriver to punch holes. Don't use a knife.
1: Yeah, that can get a little <laughs> long, dangerous.
2: Um, we had like one of those giant plastic tubs that you get for like moving. Well, we had one. It didn't have a lid any longer. We had no clue what happened to the lid. So we punched holes in the bottom of it and turned it into a tomato plant container. And then it grew, <laughs> yeah, and That's then clever. it grew spinach and then it grew weeds and then it grew something else and then it grew more weeds. By the way, just because it's in a <laughs> container doesn't mean it's not going to get weeds especially if it's outside. So what all all have y'all tried to grow in containers? Because I know there's like a variety of everything that can pretty much be grown in a container.
1: So I've grown um, pretty much every herb. I've done rosemary and basil was probably my favorite because it gets these really pretty yellow flowers on it that smell really good. (laughs) It's like my whole patio smelled like basil for about a week. Um, I like rosemary (laughs) because I can't kill it. Uh, yeah, it just keeps growing. Um, and then I uh, we were talking earlier that I tried to grow lavender, but that <laughs> didn't work out as well.
3: Cameron, what have you tried to grow? Um, so well, about- besides the new aloe plant, I've only tried to grow one other thing, which was uh, a little succulent, and I, I mean, as you can tell, that ended badly. But I think <laughs> it's probably because it wasn't in any sunlight really mm-hmm. at all. So which was stupid but it's whatever now it's okay i killed five before i figured that out
1: i guess i always see succulents in the store and so i never think that they want sun they're always just hanging out so in here's the, back the, of the thing store. is they
2: usually have grow lights somewhere around there whether you realize it or not
1: oh look at that target is trying to sneak one over on me.
2: So Taylor, have you tried to grow anything in a container before?
0: I tried to grow like flowers and roses and I killed those like they didn't even sprout. Like it was not good. That's why I just assist and give encouragement and support.
2: I have a firm belief that I've learned from Roots and Refuge that anybody can grow food, they can grow plants, it's a matter of learning. It's a matter of trying and getting back up and experimenting because if people couldn't, if all people couldn't grow food, then a lot of us would have starved yes. already.
1: I actually need to start learning. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been gone if there wasn't berries that were growing.
2: Okay, don't eat all the berries that are growing for the record. Some are poisonous. <laughs> Like, um, I have an aunt who grows, at who used to grow a tea plant and the berries were the poisonous bit, but the leaves were what she used for tea. Yeah,
1: yeah I'd definitely be a <laughs> Then I'd go straight for the berries and straight for the mushrooms. I'd be gone. <laughs> oh,
2: so really cool. I was looking at the Marietta Farmer's Market because obviously I couldn't go this week. And we have some people who are foraging for mushrooms at our local farmer's markets and they're oh.
3: beautiful.
1: I'm really inspired to go and start gardening something of my own. I really want to get back into herbs. The basil conversation made me want to try basil again. So I would like to encourage all of our listeners to go out there, garden something for your own, pop in a container and just take a chance and see what happens. Thank you for joining me, Lexis, Cameron and Taylor. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today.